Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our, a continuation of our NBA draft analysis series, and, and today we're going to be looking at the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks have picks 18 and 31 in this year's draft. So, Jalen, who do you see Dallas selecting with the 18th pick? So, Ryan, I know this much, right? The place where Dallas needs the most help is going to be at the guard slash small forward position. If you really take a look at their roster top to bottom, we, we both already – shoot, anybody who has watched Dallas this year has an understanding that Luka Doncic is the primary shot creator and overall ball, um, ball handler – for this Dallas Mavericks team. Ever since Dallas took the, the due diligence of moving on from Dennis Smith Jr., excellent idea, by the way, and deciding, Rick Carlisle deciding, put the ball in this man, Luka Doncic's hands as much as possible. Luka Doncic has risen in that role and somehow got better despite his rookie season being probably one of the most elite ones we've ever seen, if not at least in recent memory. Um, outside of him, really, I would say the only other shot creators on the team are it are uh, Porzingis to a certain extent on the low block because of his ability to stretch the floor as well. And to a lesser degree, Seth Curry, whose ability to shoot the three ball has really opened up his drive game as of late, um, specifically last year with the Trailblazers and kind of a little bit this uh, this year. You saw it um, mainly against the Clippers in that first round matchup. So those are really the only three guys that we can take a look at that can truly create their own shot. Tim Hardaway is not that guy anymore. He's been relegated to a spot-up shooter, at best a guy who can drive and kick, but he's not really doing a ton in terms of being able to get a lot of other guys involved. J.J. Barea is a guy whose clock is just continuing to tick. You know what I mean? He definitely is a rotational piece for them, and he's a staple to their franchise because he's, what, the last living relic of the Dallas Mavericks team that won the championship against the Miami Heat at this point. So... It's great for nostalgia purposes, but you're not going to ask JJ to go out there and get five plus assists or at least put up over, you know, 12 points per game. It's, it's kind of a rough ask. So my thought process is I feel like you have to attack that shooting guard small forward position straight forward as best as you can with that 18th overall pick because that's where the talent is. And it's a guard heavy draft with a lot of good picks here and there. Um, as small forward as well. So my three options I would go with at 18 realistically are Josh Green out of Arizona, whose athleticism is something that might be able to create him into a two-way player. Um, at 6'5", 6'6", that's a good build for this team, and he's going he's gonna to provide a, another body who can kind of fly around, which is kind of exactly what they need because the Mavericks tend to be a little bit slower, I would say, in terms of their pace of play. It might not look like it on the stat sheet, but in terms of the dribble, 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 make sure Luka Doncic is the one kind of facilitating, their offense is relatively slowed down. The next person I would take a look at is Leandro Balmaro out of uh, F FC ba uh, Barcelona. Um, to be honest, the stats <laughs> overseas will not tell you anything about really who Leandro is as a player. I mean, no true three-point percentage, um, no crazy flashing stats really of any kind. But the the build of a 
raw six seven uh international player who I feel like funny enough could probably easily be sprinkled into an organization like Dallas getting around a proper you know NBA facility that 180 could potentially shoot up to 190 195 and with a 67 build he could be a guy who could be a two-way player as well um he's projected to go as late as like the late 20s but I think if they could snag him up at 18 it could be kind of slick on their part and it continues to kind of push that international button that like Dallas likes to mess with the wild card in that would be Tyler Bay out of Colorado, but easily on that end, it has literally nothing to do with the shot creation that I mentioned earlier. And a lot to do with the fact that like he's hands down one of the better shooters, if not the best shooter in the draft, um, along with a couple of other forwards that we've mentioned on previous episodes and that three-point ability is just something you can't, you know, cast away when you look at that three uh, at that three and D position because it's something that every championship team is starting to rely on or look for a player to fulfill the role of. So Tyler Bay could be a guy that they could snag at eighteen who fits the mold of a three and D three and D wing, which is you know everybody wants those. I think it's interesting you bring up Leandro Balmaro because I actually think that he could get selected by Dallas in the second round with their 31st pick, but I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. I also have three selections that Dallas can go with as well because I see the need that Dallas has for shooters. They pretty much need to build this. They need to build their starting lineup around Luka Doncic. He's their main shot creator. He's their main ball handler. He's their go-to guy. With that being said, there's three, there's three players that I think that Dallas could take. Number one is Theo Maladon from France. Um, I think he can be that offensive spark off the bench that Dallas really needs while Luka's on the bench. I think he has the potential to be a good shooter, definitely a guy that you can rely on to space the floor when Luka is going to be on the floor with him at some point. And I think he has some shades of Tony Parker in him while in terms of a finishing at the rim I think that could seem like a solid addition um, another player I think could be RJ Hampton um, Hampton is a great shooter out of um, Australia oh, he did a great job playing overseas I think he definitely has that elite potential NBA like shooting that you're looking for especially to fit in today's league the third one is Kira Lewis out of Alabama I think Kira Lewis is a great player. Um, again, another guy who you want when you want to surround your team with shooters. I think Kira Lewis definitely has a tenacity about him that really, it, it really benefits him on the floor because I think that Kira Lewis may be one of the, the strongest shooters of this draft, especially considering how hot he can get on the floor and how quickly he can get into a groove. So, I honestly think that the best, the player that I think they should get out of all three of them, I think they should be Theo Maladon from France, just because I think he fits the international style of this team. I also think that they're probably not going to get Kira Lewis and RJ Hampton, mainly because they're going to be selected off the board pretty easily. So I think overall, I think Maladon fits this team better. I think I agree with you with the fact that I think, I think RJ may be taken um before Dallas gets the chance. The question with Kira Lewis, um that uh 
Tankathon has has him slotted as low as um, 22 going to, ironically, the team that we'll be talking about um, on our next episode, the Denver Nuggets. So it's a potential that he could slide. I like all three potential picks, honestly, um, because all of them provide you with something else. I will say the boom-bust potential of RJ Hampton on a Dallas Mavericks team with another facilitator like Luka Doncic is something to keep an eye out on. I think another thing is with Theo Maladon, what you mentioned about the international flair of this team, obviously you don't ever, it's kind of similar to San Antonio. You don't ever want to just slot them in as taking an international guy just because they have a history of doing so. But I think this is a situation where with our, um, with uh, JJ Barea slowly, you know, kind of being phased out of this team in terms of like, you know, minutes played per game. Um, he's going to be a guy who's going to have to be fizzled out pretty dramatically at least within the next year or two and a guy like Theo might be huge in that regard um you know I mean 6-4 at the guard position at this point is no longer considered too undersized um with positionless basketball it's getting a little out of hand how many guards or people who want to play as guards are on the court so that's always an interesting situation but um I think that's a great one too and then Kira Lewis um, he's a systematic player. I feel like no matter what system you, you plop him into, he is going to accommodate because he has that type of attitude to me. I think you mentioned that in terms of how his demeanor is what I feel like assists him the most on the floor. Here's my question to you about this, and this is just based off what I'm seeing on the Tankathon um, mock draft right now. They have um, Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky mocked to Dallas at 18 and I was taking a look at that and I mean 6'3 guard 198 we've seen him hit big shots we saw the big shot against Michigan State early on in the season he's a guy who is pretty much Kentucky's primary score in a three guard offense because we of course we know about Emmanuel quickly and Ashton Higgins who we've spoke on both of them already but the funny part is Tyrese Maxey was actually the lead guard on that team, and we haven't discussed him a lot just based on the uh, the draft pick slottings. But with a guy like a guy like Tyrese, averaged 14 points per game, um, three assists per game, four rebounds per game, struggled from three with only 29% um, from from three, but 42% from the field. Do you feel like that's a that's an option, or do you feel like one of the three guys that you listed is a better option than a Tyrese Maxey if they are to fall to him? You know, I think Maxey is a solid option, considering that, you know, he was really the main guy on the floor for Kentucky that, like, a lot of people slated as the number one option. I think he was the number one option on this team. Um considering that you had a guy like Emmanuel quickly basically spacing the floor out for him while, um, while Ashton Higgins was playing defense for them. So I think if you looked at who the main scorer, the number one option for Kentucky was, it was definitely Tyrese Maxey. Um, the thing that I, that I think would benefit the other three picks, not so much as Maxey, I think is how they would fit in Dallas's system. Again, you really need shooters. You really need scorers. Um, Maladon definitely is a, is a bit of a question mark considering he has played overseas and not a lot has been seen from him. Um, Kira Lewis, we know how, how aggressive of a scorer he is, how tenacious of a scorer he is. He definitely can give you 20 points on any given night. However, I feel like he's going to have to come off the bench for Dallas because – 
again, Luca's taking that starting spot, and I don't think anyone's going to take it away from him, unless, of course, he gets injured. Um, and then you have RJ Hampton. I saw a lot out of him playing overseas, but I also saw a lot out of him playing in high school. What I've seen out of him is that all-star level scoring. I think, again, he, has a, he still needs some developing to do. But I think Dallas is going to probably lose Trey Burke in the offseason. Um, a guy like Trey Burke, who is the backup point guard for Luka Doncic, and he's had some pretty solid performances for Dallas against the Clippers in the playoffs, you're going to be looking for a replacement for Trey Burke. I'm assuming Dallas is not going to re-sign Trey Burke, but you're pretty much looking for a replacement. Now, I think, yes, Tyrese Maxey seems like a great option. It's just who fits the system better. Personally, I think Maladon fits the system better, but I'm not going to discount how, how great Kira Lewis and RJ Hampton are as players. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the big thing. Right. And, um, you know, going to help you out a little bit in terms of transitioning over to the 31st overall pick. I mean, we're in a situation now, right, where we've talked a lot about shot creators and just wondering what the circumstances would be. Uh, Ryan, they have literally first pick of the litter of the second round. And um, I mean, there's still a lot of potential options that they can use. Um, what position do you go here? Do you, do you dive into guard even deeper than we've already done? Do you start leaning at some of the, uh, the forwards, some of the centers? Do you start going for potential that may have dropped um, in the second round? Like, where do you stand? Who do you think that they should take with the 34, 31st overall pick, if available? Okay, so I thought about a couple guys for this draft. You mentioned Leandro Balmaro. Um, Leandro Balmaro. Um, I think if he is available in the second round, I think that Dallas could pick him. Um, I think he's a guy whose shot is not fully developed, even though this team is looking for shooters to surround Luka Doncic with, but he's able to be a solid finisher at the rim. I also think he's one of the more athletic guys in this draft. Um, he's also a wing. He's also a wing facilitator, which I think could be an interesting asset for Dallas to have going forward. But I think that they could get a guy like Alexei Pokusevsky from Serbia. And here's why. Again, you need shooters. Um, I could see them going with Balmaro. I just think Pokusevsky can shoot the ball, and I don't think there's any question about it. There's no issues regarding his shot. Balmaro is still developing his shot, whereas Pokusevsky pretty much has his shot nailed down. I think my only issue with Dallas getting Pokusevsky is that it could be a little bit redundant considering that they have a guy like Chris Porzingis on the team as well. I think those two guys are very similar in terms of skill set. But honestly, I would love to see Dallas fit a system in with two guys who are seven feet tall and can play like guards. Pokusevsky still needs a lot of work in terms of his skill set. Porzingis, we already know what, what Chris F. Porzingis can do on the floor. I think you pair these two guys together with Porzingis at the four, Pokusevsky possibly at the five. This is going to be a very interesting duo. And I think if they get a guy like Maladon, you're pretty much looking at NBA's version of the EuroLeague. So I don't know. I think, they, I think that Dallas could go with either Balmaro if he falls to them or Pokusevsky if you want to pair him up with Porzingis at the five. Um, but I do think you did bring up the fact that they're – 
they could go deeper with guards. Um, I think that's a possibility, but I think I don't think that's a, really a need for them. What do you think? So I think the thing with Pokusevsky is interesting only because he's projected as like a, a first rounder and he's projected to be either like in the lottery or like just out of the lottery. I mean, looking at Tankathon right now, they have him going 17th at the Timberwolves. So like if anything, if Dallas believes in Pokusevsky the way you believe in him, then I would shoot on him, shoot on him at 18 the way we were discussing per, um, previously. And rather than shooting on some of the guys that we already listed, if you feel that strong, strongly about the quote-unquote Twin Towers um, in Dallas, um, then you have to shoot on him at 18 if he falls to you because, honestly, I don't know if he's going to fall to the second round just because of the projection that he's had. I honestly like the pairing a little bit as well. Um, I would reverse the um, the stances a little bit and probably put Pokusevsky at the four rather than Kristaps, just because of the fact that Kristaps has a little bit more defensive capability. Like we've already seen that the man is like more than capable of averaging two plus blocks per game and pretty active on the boards as it is. Um, so that would just be my personal preference. If I were to put them in there, I, how Kristaps feels about playing the five is a completely separate question that only Kristaps can answer. But I think that's an interesting pairing. Um, I just think they would have to shoot on it in the first round. Um, because I don't know if Pokusevsky would drop to the second round. I feel somewhat similar about Le- Leandro Balmaro, but it wouldn't shock me if they could get him at 31 because if he, if he falls to the second round, they literally have the, like, the first crack at getting him in the second round if he were to fall. I think out of those um, two guys, I would, I would say if Pokusevsky or Balmaro is the, tr- is the choice, I would go with Alexi as well. Um, going into the second round in terms of what I think genuinely will be available. Um, I think a guy like Jalen, uh, Jaden McDaniels, um, out of Washington or Paul Reed, um, out of DePaul are the two guys that go for it. I know forward position, kind of a little bit of a redundant situation with the fact that we already have a lot of guys at that position. Of course, questions about Porzingis, whether or not he wants to play the power forward or the center position, as I just mentioned beforehand. All of those things kind of need to be factored in. My personal choice out of the two guys I named would be Jaden McDaniels. Strictly out of the fact that, A, it does address that small forward position positional need, which is important. And a guy that's 6'10", with a 6'11 and a half wingspan, is something that you could not sleep on. 6'10", 185, let not even 20 years old yet averaged a, nearly a block and a half a game averaged five uh, nearly six rebounds per game and shot 33 percent from three 40 percent from the field like he's a raw talent with the physical measurables to be a guy that when put in an NBA system with a true facilitator on the team he could really become something if you remember he was on a Washington team that was really kind of like forward heavy didn't really have any great guards there was no Markel Fultz on this Washington team when when Jaden McDaniels was playing this season so it's one of those things you have to remember their best player at the time was Isaiah Stewart another power forward on the team and a big body likes to go after raw athletic specimens type type of player that he was playing alongside which doesn't really give Jaden a lot of a lot of leeway to be able to really you know show off his overall talents. I think in a system where you have a guy like Luka Doncic who could facilitate and having a raw talent like Jaden in their system with a coach like Rick Carlisle, he could blossom into something that can make him a second round steal simply out of the fact that 
he would be in a system that max that potentially maximizes the play style that we know Jaden adapts to, which is a long, strong, small forward type can cover at least the one through the three, potentially the four as well, just from a height wingspan um, uh, point of view. And then you throw on top of that, the fact that he's still so young development wise that there's a, that, that three point shot of his game is really the missing link into unlocking him. And I think with a facilitator like Luca, that is something that could easily be addressed in just his first season alone. I think it's interesting that you go with Jay McDaniels and Paul Reed as possible selections for Dallas in the second round, just because I do think that they have the, the small forward position pretty much locked up with Dory Finney-Smith. Um, I do think they could use somebody coming off the bench, though, which is where I agree with uh, selecting Jaden McDaniels or Paul Reed in the second round, just because you need somebody to come off the bench for Dallas. I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see who they select in the second round because there's needs all over the place for this team. Um, I do think that they could use a backup at every position. Um, We should not forget, however, that Willie Cauley-Stein is coming back, even though he did sit out the resume season um, in the bubble. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who they go with. There's definitely a lot of options to fit Rick Carlisle's system in Dallas and Definitely, I think all of our selections, all of our possible selections could fit that system as well. Yeah, man. Let me let me ask you a question before we close out the pod, too. Um, out of all the guys that we named, or maybe even somebody that you didn't get to, to list off or maybe just didn't have enough information on to the point that you're like, maybe they'd fit, but I'm not really sure. Out of all the guys that we may have listed, who is one guy that you feel like, whether they're taken at 18 or they're taken at 31, the Dallas Mavericks cannot leave this draft without. If so, if if you had to walk into the dra- uh, to the draft room for Dallas and say you cannot leave this draft room, you cannot leave this 2020 NBA draft without selecting this player, who would it be? Of course, reasonably, obviously, there's certain players like Lamelo Ball and stuff that are not an option. So, like the guys out of the guys that we may have already listed, who is one? Who's one player that Dallas cannot live without coming out of this draft? Um, I think I could go with, I, I, th- I think they're going to have to go with Theo Maladon in this situation. A lot of question marks though, surrounding his, his statistical ability. A, a lot of questions actually surrounding his offensive ability. Um, but I think really he fits the mold of this team. Pokosevsky seems like a good option as well. Um, I just see this team selecting Maladon. I think really for all the reasons that I named earlier in the podcast, I just think that, again, you have a guy who can really space the floor for Luka Doncic. Definitely, he's, he's, very, he's very good in the pick and roll, very good at the pick and pop execution. I'm really giving him props considering that I, I really want him to run the show while Luka's not on the floor. I think he's really the guy who can give them that offensive spark that they really need against the Clippers, considering that, again, you're not going to have a guy like Trey Burke on your roster, considering he's going to be a free agent. I just think that he's a guy who can probably give you the 15 points that you need to push you or can get to give you the momentum going forward, to give you the momentum in the game. So 
I think Maladon seems like the selection that they have to go with. How about you? I think it's got to be RJ Hampton or uh, Pokusevsky, actually. You sold me on both of them. Very, very well sold me on both of them, honestly, in terms of being able to take those. Um, like I said beforehand, the question with RJ, of course, is just whether or not he's actually going to be available. He's been mocked in, like, the at least the top 15 in most of the draft mocks that I've seen, which puts him right around the lottery range, which unfortunately also could mean a little bit of a, a miss for Dallas, just barely. Uh, same thing with uh, Pokusevsky as well. Mocked in like the top 20, depends on the team. With them being at 18, that means they have a shot, but the question is just whether or not they'll get the chance. I think with Pokusevsky, very interesting dynamic to play the Twin, the twin Towers role with two seven-plus footers, and they're both guys who can stretch the floor. It's a very interesting dynamic because we've always seen the Twin Towers use where it's you know, two rebounding guys who both crash the boards or in terms of playing two dynamic bigs, it's always one guy who plays above the rim. Um, uh, for example, uh, the DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin scenario, there was a point where Blake Griffin had to expand his game and become a three-point shooter. Granted, he did a lot more of that once he got to Detroit, but he was already starting to expand as a ball handler, power forward point guard type of player to go with a DeAndre Jordan who was a lob threat dangerous within the paint. So to see a new dynamic with two, two big men who both can stretch the floor, both, you know, relatively dangerous from a rebounding standpoint, just based on pure height alone, and um, also can both be dangerous defensively for the same reasoning. I think that would be great. Um, I think that either one of those would be a great pickup and, I feel like regardless of the circumstances, I think RJ, Theo, Pokusevsky, I think that Dallas has the type of culture where regardless of who they take, I think they would fit into the system well. I think whether it's coming off the bench or being as part of the uh, the starting unit, they all would be able to kind of find their role to be active contributors on a roster for for Dallas that we know is looking to at least be a perennial playoff team. I don't know if we're willing to be able to lean all the way into contenders yet. We've only seen them at this juncture for a year. So to put them as, you know, already NBA championship bound is kind of a dangerous hill to die on. But the idea of them becoming a perennial playoff team, taking steps that we've seen teams like, the Timberwolves still need to adjust to teams like Phoenix, who this will be the first year where we see if they if they really can build off of what we've seen on the, in the bubble. Dallas has a lot of momentum that those other teams don't have. And I think that guys like RJ, guys like Theo, guys like Alexi are all guys that can be thrown into that system and play well as part of a team that's just simply looking to make the playoffs in the foreseeable future. So I think all three of those guys are excellent picks, honestly, bro. Sold me on all of them, to be honest. I'm glad I sold you on those picks. <laughs> so this is a great transition to our question of the day for our fans. Who do you see Dallas selecting with their picks at 18 and 31? Could you see them selecting Theo Maladon, Alexei Pokusevsky, RJ Hampton, Kira Lewis, Paul Reed? Who could you see them selecting? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast.
We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.